Uh, last week, we prayed a prayer. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, some of the prayers that we pray I remember, other prayers I don't remember, but this prayer has really stayed with me. And it's something that I really believe that Jesus wants to do in us and through us. So we prayed, empower us, Holy Spirit. We asked the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to make a new friend, whether that friend is at work or in the classroom or he's around the neighborhood. I noticed this gentleman came home. He made a new friend. Uh, but I just wondered, did, did, does anybody have a story? I mean, was that prayer answered in any way in anybody's life? Please tell us. No, you can sit right where you are. Making new friends. That's great. Anybody else? Did, did anybody, like, like, did we remember to pray this prayer? Or did we pray it last Sunday and then we just kind of went on home? And Let me encourage us. I really believe that this is a prayer that Jesus wants us to pray right now. And by the end of this morning, I hope that you'll, you'll have even more reason Last week, I connected it with my story. I told you that having grown up in Amarillo, Texas, there were two things I knew about Jesus by the time I was 16. One, I knew, is, I knew the portrait that I saw in most of the church buildings that I went into, and mainly for scouting, not, not for attending services. And the other thing is that at 12, my football coach took me to a Billy Graham crusade and it stamped this image of Armageddon, nuclear disaster in my brain. Those were, and I, I'm truthfully, I mean, I know that, you know, I might stretch, you know, sometimes I might stretch the truth just a little bit, just, you know, uh, uh, pastors get it, they get the opera, they get to do that, right? It's okay, just, but truthfully, this is really my story. This is really all that I knew about Jesus, and until Young Life came to New Braunfels and people started telling us the story of Jesus. So I, I, I really kind of built my encouragement based upon folks. There's, there's still people all around us in the cities that we live in that know either that much about Jesus or maybe even less than when I was 16. And so there is every reason for us to say, Holy Spirit, empower us to make a new friend. Now, I know that that's probably awkward, so I thought this morning, before we kind of really get into the passage, that we will, we'll, we'll just practice here. And, and maybe the idea is if we could kind of get over maybe the hurdle of making a new friend here, that maybe it, it might not be quite so awkward uh, out there. All right, so this is what I'd like us to do. Uh, I'd like you to look around the room right now Look around the room. I want you to find one person in this room that you do not know. Now, this is one of the things that we got to get over as a community. Most of us think, oh, well, I'm supposed to know that person. And I know I knew their name at one time, but I have forgotten their name. And it's like we're, we get embarrassed, like we can't ask each other uh, our name. I mean, i got to ask people their name like ten times. 
before I, it sticks. And it, yes, it's a bit embarrassing. Land. People look at me like, you know, you should know me by now. And you're, you're right, I should know you by, by now, but I don't. And so by, by going through that process, I'm getting, I'm kind of slowing down or whatever. But this is what, I want you to look around. Then I want you to go to that person in a moment. I'm, I'll tell you when to go. And I just want you to introduce yourself. Say, good morning. And you can just, you can read this. Good morning. My name is, don't, don't say blank. My name is me. Everybody, everybody say your name just so you make sure you remember your name. Got it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Some of us are a little slow. Okay, my name is, and then the reply. Here's the, you have to just, this is the reply. You just have to read it. Say, good morning, I am, Phil, tell them your name, nice to meet you. And then look, look, I, I just listed some questions. These are just conversation starters. Pick one question to ask that person, let them answer, and then you ask one question. Okay, ready? Clear? Okay, look around. Got a person in mind? Okay, we're going to take about three minutes to do this. Go. All right, good job. That, you just made a new friend. Nice handshake at the end, good closure. Now, I, I know that in order to do that, both here and like next Saturday at Arbor Day, you can do this next Saturday at Arbor Day. Now, if you don't go to Arbor Day, you can't do this. But if you go to Arbor Day and you look at that crowd of people, you might even be standing in line getting a tree, you can like turn to the person right next to you and say, oh, good morning, my name is. And they're going to say, oh, good morning, my name is. And then you can remember one of these questions. Or you can add, what kind of tree are you going to get? I mean, that's it, just start a conversation. Okay, that, that can happen. Now, I know it takes a lot of encouragement. I... I but you know, I, I mean, I'm, I, I just, I just want to encourage us to get to know each other as we get to know each other, to get to know the people around us in the city. Again, there's going to be a really good reason for that. So here, you, here are 52 practical and thoughtful ways to encourage others. I won't read them all, but, but the the point is, I know, I understand. I need encouragement. You need encouragement to make new friends. We all need that encouragement, and I'm hoping. Now, one of the things that was left off, I'm going to add a number, a number 53, because it's in our passage today. And it may be like the number one encouragement that you and I could receive to make new friends out and about the cities, the neighborhoods that we live in. And that is Jesus encouraging us in the night with a vision. And what if tonight... Jesus showed up in your dreams and just said, I want to encourage you. I want you, I want you to make a new friend. And I'm going to help you make that new friend. Would that be encouraging to you? I, I think that would be kind of like a sweet dream, huh? Well, he did that with Paul. And this is Paul's story. Acts 18 8 through 11. In the course of listening to Paul, Paul is, is moving about the city of Corinth. 
a great many Corinthians believed and were baptized. And one night, the master, Jesus, spoke to Paul in a dream. Keep it up. Don't let anyone intimidate or silence you. No matter what happens, I'm with you. No one is going to be able to hurt you. You have no idea how many people I have on my side in this city. And that was all Paul needed to stick it out. He stayed another year and a half faithfully teaching the word of God to the Corinthians. Now, as you look at those words and you try to envision just what's going on, Paul is really caught in this pressure cooker. On, one, on the one hand, he's got a growing number of people, both Jew and Greek. They're, that's the background of these people. And they're beginning to, they, they're listening. And as they listen to Paul tell his story, and then in particular with the Jews that are now listening, he's going back into the Old Testament and he's saying, we've been reading these verses in the Old Testament and now, now I'm reading them by putting Jesus' name in there because Jesus is the Messiah. And so he's having these conversations, these discussion groups with people. Well, well they're accepting his story they're accepting him in reading the Old Testament and, and inserting Jesus' name, and they're accepting Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the King. And so then they want to identify, well, we, we, want, we want to get in on this. So they're being baptized. So he's got this growing number of people. As we read last week, for, for a time, he, he was doing it in the synagogue, and he did it to the point where they just said, you know, we're done. That's the other side. Just people opposing the message. So he actually went out of the synagogue and just went next door across the street. And that's where the, the gatherings were. They were no longer in the synagogue, but they were right next door. But the people that were opposing him, they were resisting. And they would resist by saying, you know, Paul, you're telling us that Jesus resurrected had a, he showed up and talked to you on the road to Damascus. Well, we don't believe you. We don't believe your story. And, and you know, you're reading these passages and you're inserting Jesus' name in there like, like he's the Messiah. Well, we don't believe that. We resist what you're telling to us. And then they actually, it became even uglier because then they begin to blaspheme him. They begin to defame him to the point that he did something that we would not understand. He took off his outer garment and he shook it out. And he said, I, I'm done here. And, and I am innocent. I've told you everything that you need to know about the Messiah, about his kingdom, and you're not listening. And so I'm, I'm going across the street to this Greek's house who is listening and, I, and I'm, just, I'm just shaking off the dust, putting my garment back on and, and the blood is on your own head. You're, you're, you're now accountable to God. I, your blood's not on my hands. That's interesting. So that's kind of the degree, this, this, this pressure cooker that Paul is in and probably what's happened, he's expecting what's happened previous to this. He's been thrown out. Of cities. He's been beat up. 
He's been stoned, possibly even to the point of death and then revived from death. So, I mean, he, he hadn't forgotten. Oh, baby, the opposition is rising and I may be in trouble again. And so maybe that's why Jesus came to him with notice in encouragement. And Jesus speaks to him. He said, don't, be, don't, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Keep telling your story. Keep telling people about meeting me on the road to Damascus. Keep telling them that you've had conversations with me because I'm alive. Keep telling I, I'm the king. I'm, I'm the Messiah. Keep telling that story. Keep telling them that the kingdom of God has arrived, is arriving, and will arrive in fullness. Keep telling them that I have begun to set things right on the earth. Don't be silent. And then here's, this is a really, really, really cool little statement. Jesus tells Paul, I am with you. No one will harm you. You're not going to get run out of town. You're not going to get stoned again. No one's going to harm you. And then notice this. There are many of my people in this city. Now, of everything that Jesus said to Paul to infuse him with courage, to empower him, it's exactly the prayer we're praying. Empower us. Give us the courage to tell our story, to make new friends. No one's going to harm you. I'm going to be with you. It's because there are many people in the city. Now, my people in the city, I, I, wait, time out, where are, where are we? What city are we in with Paul? Just checking where the goldfish is. <laughs> Corinth. In the first century, Corinth was a city, I mean, this is quite a range, but it's 100,000 to 700,000 people in Corinth at this time. That's a lot of people. Now, my people in the city, who's he talking about? There is a synagogue. I mean, my people coming out of the Old Testament would sound like Jews. But now Paul, he's no longer going to the synagogue. I mean, it's not that he stopped talking to Jews, but he's not, he's not going to the synagogue building. Uh, church, we, sometimes the church, my people... Is that who he's talking about? I mean, that would not be, like, that's not very many people yet. So who is he talking about? He's talking about, hey, Paul, there are people all over this city that they haven't heard your story yet. And they haven't heard the invitation that I want you to give them to start following me. But I can guarantee you that I'm, on, I'm at work in their lives. And I just want you to go out into the city and keep telling your story and keep inviting people to follow me. Because the people that are going to respond are everywhere in this city. 
Well, that was so encouraging to Paul that he stayed in Corinth for a year and a half. And he was busy doing just that. Jesus, I believe you. There are people all over this city that you're at work in their life and they don't even know it yet. They're not attending synagogue. They're not coming to the gathering of the new believers. They're just out and about. You just want me to go out. And you want me to introduce myself. And you want me to tell a story. And you want me to convince people about you. That's it. So he taught the people by telling a story, by reading the Bible, explaining the Bible, and inviting people to follow Jesus. Now, as a community of people, I think we're just like Paul. I mean, I I think that Jesus did unbelievably wonderful things in Paul's life, but, but we're just like Paul. And as I said earlier, we really need encouragement. And we really need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as we do our best to convince others around us in our cities about Jesus. And here's the big question. Who are his people in our cities? I think that we're tempted to think, well, it's everybody that's meeting in a church building today. I don't think so. I don't think that's it. It's going to be the people that show up next Saturday at Arbor Day. Somebody in that crowd is going to be a person that Jesus has been wooing to himself. And if you and I will just show up for the same reason that everybody else is showing up, to get our two trees to go home so that the deer can eat them. (laughs) I have a deer feeding program. I get new trees and the deers just eat them. But, and just, just that, in that, just all of a sudden you just connect with a person, hi, my name is Scott. My name is, and in that moment, there can be this connection that results in a person listening about Jesus. Maybe not at that moment, but maybe a relationship that started. Folks, there are thousands, there are absolutely thousands of people all around us in Central Texas that are his people. Nate, go to the next slide, yeah. Now, Nate, at the bottom of that slide, do you see any notes? Hmm? No. That's okay. I just, I, I put the population of those cities In all of those cities, all around us, I mean, right now in New Braunfels, there's 57,000 people. And I believe thousands of those people are the people that Jesus is drawing to himself. And what he's asking those of us that are following following him, what he's asking us to do is to go meet him. Get out there, meet them, introduce yourself, and see where that takes you. Now somewhere, look at there, you found it. How'd you find that? 
Way to go, Bryant. <laughs> Two seconds faster than a goldfish. <laughs> and somewhere in, in making friends, yeah, so there, is a, there is a point that you would invite somebody to come. Hey, why don't you come hang out with us on a Sunday morning? But that's not, that's, not the, that's not initially what we do. You just go out and make a friend. And find out. I mean, aren't you intrigued? This city is full of my people. And they're not in the churches. <laughs> and they're not in the synagogues. They're at Arbor Day. They're at HEB. They're on the river. They're in the public schools that the church left. What? Oh, no! You see, maybe one of the reasons we don't see many people like enter into a relationship with Jesus is we've isolated ourselves. We've insulated ourselves. We've withdrawn. And so I really believe, I think just the, the unction is that there's a whole bunch of people all around us that we can befriend and in those friendships convince them about Jesus. And if we don't do that, then we're, we're just letting everybody else tell people about who they think Jesus is. And most of the time where I hear that, like over the TV or over the radio or on the billboards, I'm thinking... I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to be part of that because it misrepresents who Jesus is. See, Jesus is personal. He, just, he wants to work through you and me. So, going backwards a little bit, I want him to encourage us. To get in it, just to get in on what he's doing in our cities. And it's outside of the building. It's in our neighborhoods. It's in the classrooms. It's where we work. It's in the grocery store. It's at the gas station. It's at Landa Park. And I think that with his encouragement, we'll all have the joy of convincing others to follow Jesus with us. So again, I'm going to ask your help this morning. How many of us have received encouragement from Jesus through a dream in the middle of the night, sometime in our life. Anybody ever had Jesus speak to them in a dream, a word of encouragement? May I ask you to be so bold, just to come, just kind of line up over there and line up over there. If, if you've had that experience, would you please come? Yeah, I just recruited you. It was gentle though, wasn't it? Now, I know every one of these people up here, and, and I like every one of these people up here, but I can tell you this, there's nothing special about any of these people. They're just ordinary people that in the course of life have had a wonderful experience of Jesus speaking to them a word of encouragement in the night through a dream or a vision. Fabio, what are you doing back there? Hello? 
what are you doing? It was a vision? Get up here. Let's, I mean, parsing hairs, come on. Now, if you all will please spread out a bit, and if you all will please spread out a bit, I believe that when we have an experience like this, uh, it's called a gift. They, they didn't, like, they didn't, probably they weren't fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and crying out, oh God, you know, you know, look at me, I'm doing something really great. I went to church every, you know, every one of these weeks. and they, they weren't doing anything. They just, God gifted them with his presence and with his conversation. And because I know that that's what this is, then what the, what the Bible tells us, if we have freely received, we can freely give. So the grace that they've received in having Jesus speak to them in the night is something that they can impart. They can give that away to others. So, if we want Jesus to show up and speak to us a word of encouragement, it's just really going to one of these people and say, you know, I'd really like Jesus to visit me some night with a dream and encourage me. And that's it. You have to just have to say that. And then all I got, they're going to they're gonna just lay their hand on your shoulder and say, Jesus... Would you give them the same gift that you gave me or something better? Amen. And then we're going to come back next week and see what he did. You're willing to do this? Sure. <laughs> are you, are you all... Are, are, do, you, do you all... I mean, does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Do you want to give others what you have? Why not? Okay. Now, this is one of those times I'm going to count to three and you can run. Because if you're like me, I need encouragement. And, I mean, it's, it's like being given freely. So, whoever would like just the gift, been given to others, may be given to you, just go stand in front of one of these people right now. Go. All right, we may have to stand in line. Let's do it one at a time. This is like a this is like a personal gift. So just stand in line behind the you know in front of the person that you want them to pray for you, and then let's start. Let's pray, okay?